Welcome to Panda and Pato's Morning Zoo. Pato, 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 and Panda. Panda in the morning. Panda and Pato in the morning. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman, LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on Monday, October 22nd, just one day after the LA Galaxy's 3-1 victory over Minnesota United, a victory they desperately needed, and now sets up a great showdown with the Houston Dynamo. And we're going to walk you through exactly what the LA Galaxy needs to do, and to help me do that. He has uh, he has been traveling far and near and wide, and actually he was in Los Angeles this weekend, so that's always good for him. Welcome back to the show, the panda himself, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kevin, how's it going, buddy? Hey, you know that panda and Captain in the morning thing? Yeah. Um, what if people are listening in the afternoon? Does it still work? Or is yeah. There a hey, well, time warp? Because it's a podcast, I guess technically people just understand that it doesn't... Yeah, sometimes I say panda and pato in the afternoon whenever I'm tweeting it out, if that makes you feel any oh, better. Yeah, I just... I don't want anyone to get confused. I mean, I could see someone on the freeway, you know, at three in the afternoon listening to it and thinking that they were late for work or wherever they were going because it says morning. Yeah. You know, maybe like the next day already. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe we're just in a different time zone. You know, maybe. maybe oh, I never it. thought of that. Yeah, yeah, we could be in Hawaii or something. It, you know, it's like sometimes I'll start drinking at eight in the morning because it's noon somewhere. Exactly. Actually, that explains a lot about your reporting. And now that I now it that does, I think about it, it does. <laughs> All right, uh, LA Galaxy get a three-one victory over Minnesota United. Zlatan Ibrahimovic travels to Minnesota. Kevin not only travels to Minnesota, uh, he gets out on that wonderful plastic grass uh, and plays uh, unbelievably all ninety minutes for Dominic Kinnear. Uh, even when uh, I think everybody on Twitter was screaming. Get Zlatan off the field. Uh, the LA Galaxy get 3-1 victory. A, a, I would say it's an easy victory when you look at the score, but the Galaxy had to do a lot of work early. The first half wasn't the best half, although Zlatan Ibrahimovic did score in the first half, which certainly helped the LA Galaxy. Uh, and then in the second half, you saw an LA Galaxy team that was able to actually slow the ball down and I think did a good job killing off the game. So, I mean, this is a, a solid win for the LA Galaxy with 52,242 people in the stadium. Uh, who Zlatan says was there were, were all there to see him and of course the LA Galaxy. Uh, so I mean I, I think you have to say mission accomplished. Get back on the charter flight and, and fly back, right, Kevin? Yeah, I mean it, it went a lot better than I think anyone anticipated. Really, I, I thought the crowd was really going to be in the game, and Zlatan took them out of the game early, scoring on that header in the 30th minute. The Galaxy never looked back after that. But um, it, there was some doubt that he was going to play. I was one of the people that doubted it. I. I wasn't sure what Dominic would do, whether he would start Zlatan and, and and hope to get a lead and then take him off, which he didn't do. He didn't get the lead but didn't take him off, whether he'd hold him on the bench, hoping that he didn't have to use him uh, and not send him out onto that turf. By the way, there's a couple of things that I don't know that have been reported about Zlatan's knee surgery that uh, was kind of researching some stuff today, looking around. So first of all, his, his, his the ligaments in his right knee were shredded when he got hurt at, at Manchester United. That was about 18 months ago. 
Um, and he was told by doctors, some people know this, he was told by doctors that he would never, he probably wasn't going to play again at his age. Right. And the damage that was done to his knee. He worked six hours a day every day, he says, uh, in rehab to get back and was on the field less than six or about six months after surgery. Um, he had initially refused to take his paychecks from Manchester United until he was fit again. Um, I, I wasn't aware the rehab was, I mean, I knew that the rehab was, was pretty stressful. I wasn't aware it was six hours a day every day and that he had turned down a paycheck uh, until he was fit. One thing that he did say, though, after the game, uh, and talking about leaving him out on the turf, you know, remember when David Beckham was here and he never played in Seattle on the turf there. Minnesota wasn't in the league then, so that wasn't a question. But David Beckham never played in Minnesota, or rather in Seattle on the turf there, because it wasn't so much the turf, it was the recovery from the turf. Bruce Arena said it would take him a, more than a week, and then David would be lost for the next game. Um, and so you wonder about Zalata on this. That, you know, the next game's just as important as this one, the, the one at home with Houston. We'll be on the grass. We'll be at Stub Up Center. But Zalatan has a week to recover. And he said he had a cramp after 60 minutes, and he said he hasn't had that cramp all season. I wonder if that's related to the turf and if that is going to be an issue as we go forward into the week. Yeah, he was certainly hinting that it was. He was uh, he was answering a question about the pitch itself, and he said, uh, and I quote, the last time I played on turf was three years ago, and in the beginning I was not used to it. I was not careful, but I was trying to read the game, trying to read the movement of the ball myself. It was burning. It was burning the toes. I tried not to focus on the turf because turf or no turf, I came to win. I came to get three points that we need, and then you have a crowd like this. You don't focus on, on that. You just want to play and give back to the fans that's what is most important I think we did that I had a cramp after 60 minutes and I didn't have that for the whole season so uh, Zlatan surviving the 90 minutes which you know first of all the first question that sort of rings out is you know the LA Galaxy put this game Kevin quote-unquote to bed fairly early in the second half scoring back-to-back goals from Ola Kamara I believe it was uh, 86 seconds separated between Ola Kamara and Roman Alessandrini and by the the Roman Alessandrini goal is one of the prettiest goals the Galaxy have scored all season you can certainly point to the individualism of Zlatan Ibrahimovic uh, but just the the timing it was started by Sebastian Legette uh, the poke to Zlatan who then turns and puts in a perfect cross and and Roman Alessandrini hits it full stride full volley left-footed into the back of the net all those things combining make it one of I think the best goals but having said that the Galaxy are up three nothing they concede a goal about two minutes later uh to go three one Kevin but the game was for the most part on ice and you had Taylor Twelman doing the uh the play-by-play excuse me the color uh with Adrian Healy doing the play-by-play and they were both wondering out loud when Zlatan was going to be pulled out of this game for two reasons and there were two important reasons one because of injury which we've talked about ad nauseum here, here, Kevin. The other is that Zlatan Ibrahimovic, in up, uh, playing in the last, I think, three games, was on yellow card warning. Um, and so he had to be very, very careful. And there were a couple tackles in there where you were hoping that Zlatan wouldn't get the yellow card uh, that would make him ineligible to play against Houston. Uh, but he somehow dodged that. But there was a question of why Zlatan Ibrahimovic was playing 90 minutes. Well, you know, I, I don't want to second-guess Dominic Kinnear. I mean, this is a guy that's taken the, the Galaxy basically from dead as far as playoff goes to a point where now they can make it and, and destiny's in their own hands. Um, a month ago, their destiny was not in their own hands. It was in the hands of about six other teams in the conference. Now the, the Galaxy are in charge of what happens to them uh, regarding the postseason. That's A lot of that is the hard work of Dominic Kinnear, so I am not going to sit here and second-guess him. However, I explanation might be, look, he's already out there. He's already warm. He's already running. Um, there's not a, a great deal of benefit in taking him off now. And now that would be the health thing, the yellow card watch or the possibility of maybe him 
you know, someone taking a cheap shot on him. I don't know about that, but it turned, it, you know, it, it, it was probably a wise decision. And here's why, because Minnesota almost scored again uh, in the last 10 minutes of the game. The, the goal was uh, ruled offside. So it was taken off the scoreboard. But we've seen teams, we've seen LAFC blew a, a 2 nothing lead in Houston, I think it was, in stoppage time. Uh, they blew another 2 nothing lead yesterday. A lot of teams give up two-goal leads in the second half. It's it's not impossible to do. Imagine if you have Zlatan on the field, you take him off in the 60th minute, and then you give up three goals, and you wind up with a draw, and you're out of the playoffs. I, you know, I think perhaps Dominic Kinnear was being a little bit cautious in that, uh, kind of not wanting to to have to deal with all that second guessing if he pulls him out and the, the Galaxy wind up drawing. I, I was going to say, I mean, that that seems like a reasonable thing, and that was one of the reasons that I, I think I was also uh, not totally uncomfortable with the way that Dominic Kinnear was doing it and and uh, not second guessing him because certainly I think he's he's three one and one now since he took over. That one loss was the five three loss to Toronto, in which Zlatan Ibrahimovic came out afterwards and said, "You know what? We had a good game plan. We played really well. We just we lost a little bit of focus, and we'll." fix that for the next game. So Zlatan was very sort of positive after that game, which I think we noted on all of the podcasts when we talked about it, Kevin, was that it was interesting to see that the Galaxy had lost a game, but Zlatan wasn't negative. He wasn't saying they made mistakes. He's saying, yeah, they didn't follow their game plan, but they actually played really well and that they probably should have gotten something out of that game. So if you take that away, Dominic Kinnear right now would be undefeated. 3-1-1 since taking over for Siggy Schmidt. All the players, including Zlatan Ibrahimovic, are talking about how Dom- Dominic Kinnear has made it simple on this team, Kevin. He's made it simple. Uh, one of the ways I think he's made it simple on this team is he is continuously starting the same exact lineup. In fact, if you want to go to Las Vegas and make any money betting on lineups, you can do the LA Galaxy one. I can tell you who's going to play uh, against Houston, and I can almost do it right now, outside of knowing exactly if David Bingham is too injured, uh, which we'll talk about here in a second, too injured to continue and play against Houston, it'll be the exact same lineup that they have played in all three of their wins, and the only sort of difference in the Sporting Kansas City game was that Rolf Felcher was suspended on yellow cards, and so he couldn't play in that game, so they put Shane and Williams over there. That is it. Dominic Kinnear has gone back and back, back to these guys time and time again, Kevin. It's the consistency that he likes, but it's also, I have to imagine at this point, starting to run some of these guys into the ground. Granted, the off week helped, but after playing on turf for 90 minutes with no squad rotation in this in this team, you know, it's one of those things that you're you're a little concerned about heading against Houston. Well, and uh, the players talk a lot about the formation too. He's made it, Dom's made it simple, but he's also kept the formation very uh, simple as well. They've gone to a 4-3-3 and they've stuck with that. Nothing exotic, no movement, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. The players feel very comfortable with that. Now, that's not to say another formation, a more exotic one, might not even work better, but the players are comfortable with this, and that's what's important. And I think that may be one thing that lacked a little bit earlier as uh, when Ziggy Schmidt would change the formation, depending on who was available. Now, that's that's smart. I get that. You, you play to the talents of the people you have, but if you change the formation because one guy is in the lineup – then the other 10 players have to adjust. And and now they're uncomfortable to make one player comfortable. And I, the Galaxy have gotten away from that. But, you know, when you talk about the stable lineup, you are forgetting that Gio Dos Santos may be back. The secret weapon. No, no. Where do, you, I, where, do you, where do you put him in there? I didn't. I didn't forget. He doesn't. He doesn't play. He comes off the what? bench. Yeah, I know. It, it's very simple. No, I mean it is. This is simple. Coming down the stretch here. I mean, you're not going to put. First of all, Giovanni dos Santos hasn't played in X number of games. I've even looked. In fact, there's people who are surprised he's still on the team. Uh, whenever you mention it, but whenever you look at this, I'll, I'll tell you one of the things the Galaxy would love to have, which is an offensive sub like Giovanni dos Santos. So. 
granted, you won't start him, but if he is healthy enough to play and you need a goal late in the game, you will bring him onto the field because the Galaxy are missing out on somebody like Chris Pontius. And certainly the broadcast team from ESPN talked about Chris Pontius and his insertion into that team and how being he's out for the rest of the season with that groin injury, it looks like it's going to need surgery. Being he's out, the Galaxy really don't have any offensive subs. You look on the bench that was put out. You have Kitchen, a defensive midfielder, Bajio Husidic. You can call him a box-to-box midfielder, sure, uh, I guess. Uh, Carrasco is probably a box-to-box, more defensive midfielder. Uh, you had Shelvick, and you had Williams. So those are all basically defensive subs. There was one offensive sub that was sitting on the bench, and that's Ari Lasseter. And I don't think anybody on the LA Galaxy or, or certainly anybody sitting in the press box, Kevin, you and I looking at there, thinks that Ari Lasseter is a game-changing, dangerous sub in the late minute of a game. He's not exactly somebody you want to put in if you're down a goal. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who Dominic dresses uh, in this game because he's also expected to have Bradford Jamison back. What happened to Michael Ciani? Yeah, he, well, he's not an offensive sub either, but yeah, no, he's well, I not. Know, I know, but I, know. I mean, this was, you know, the guys that were supposed to be the 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 foundation of the future, you don't see them around much anymore. Yeah, I mean, Shelvick, you, realistically, you're choosing not to start Michael Ciani, who makes, what, $620,000 a year. Um, you're choosing not to start a guy like uh, Jorgen Shelvik, who's making a million dollars a year. So you have $1.6, $1.7 million sitting on the bench, or in the ca- case of Siani, not sitting on the bench, probably not didn't travel, probably sitting in Los Angeles. Um, so you, you're making choices here. Dominic Kinnear is making choices, Kevin, that I think other coaches, if they were there in a long-term situation, would not be able to make, at least not comfortably, uh, even with the winning. And, and certainly I think this opens me up to a fair bit of bashing, but well, are we going to go, are we going to go there now? Because we talked about this earlier and this is your Orange County focus, uh, your Orange County upbringing, focusing on the dollar sign of everything. Yep. And, and. Here's my my theory on that is the salary is not going to change. Your payroll does not change depending on who plays. But depending on who plays, the result of the game may change. So my point is if your salary is $50 million and you decide I better play the high salary guys because they're making so much money and you go out and lose, that's a bad result. If your salary is $50 million, your payroll is $50 million and you sit those guys and you go out and win, guess what? That $50 million payroll just got you a win. So the I, I think you pay the guys who are playing better. And in this case, we have Steris and Romney, uh, both of them making well under a quarter million dollars, I believe, probably about $300,000 as a pair, playing way better than Siani and Shelvick on any d- given day this season. And so play those guys. That's what's gotten you back into the playoff race. And again, you don't get uh, you don't get any extra money by playing the, the big moneyed guys. You don't save anything by not playing them. The payroll doesn't change. Play the guys who are going to win the game. Yeah, just over $200,000 in guaranteed money from my quick math uh, between those two. I, I agree with you, Kevin. That's not how that, this is. That's the, that's a nice little fantasy world you live in. Uh, <laughs> it's a fantasy world that, quite honestly, Dominic Kinnear gets to uh, gets to be involved with for a little while. Dominic Kinnear is not a long-term replacement for the LA Galaxy. I know that there is talk. But he should be. Maybe he should be, and that's an argument that you can certainly make, but I don't think the LA Galaxy are considering him for a long-term. I don't think Short of winning MLS Cup, I don't think there's any way Dominic Kinnear can make it make it to next season as the LA Galaxy head coach. And even if they win MLS Cup, I'm not sure that that happens, uh, which well, might be strange to say. And I understand that. Yeah. Well, uh, here's uh, you. You said that's an argument you can make, and so I'm going to make that argument now. The last two years, there's been about a dozen, a little more than a dozen changes under Ziggy. In the off season, there's been tons of changes. So let's just say more than two dozen the last two years. 
they've thrown the baby out with the bathwater twice. We know that the, the core of this team, I believe anyway, the core of this team will be back next season. And, you know, you can talk about Ashley Cole and maybe we will. You can talk about Zalatan. I know we will talk about that. But uh, I believe Steris is back. I believe Romney is back. I believe uh, Boateng is back. Ola Kamara is back. Bradford Jamison's back. Gary Lasser. The majority of these guys are going to be back next season. Um, talk about the Dos Santos brothers. But, again, the core of the team is going to be back. These are the players that have played well, that have performed, that have won uh, from Dominic. The players talk about how much they love him, how he simplified things. They love the, the the formation he's gone to. Basically, the players that will be back next year, Dominic has already proven that he can get those guys to play winning soccer. You can go out and get Josie Mourinho or Pep Guardiola or Arsene Wenger, whoever you want. We don't know what's going to happen. Are they technical better, technically better managers than Dominic? Yeah, probably. But will the players perform for them? Dominic has already proven these guys will perform for him. They like him. Um so if the idea is to get these players to win again, you already know they'll win for Dominic. Anybody else you bring in, I don't care if it's Greg Berhalter or whomever it is, you're rolling the dice. Dominic is a proven quantity, and, and I, I think that he deserves the chance. And and you're right. It you know the the way it's traditionally worked in MLS is that he's not guaranteed anything. Look at Brian Smetzer when he replaced Ziggy Schmidt in Seattle. This is a guy Brian Smetzer who had been a NASL player for the Sounders back in the NASL days, was a coach, was an assistant coach, did everything for them, made copies, made coffee. And when Ziggy gets fired, they make him an interim coach. I thought that was our interim manager. I thought that was a real slap in, a fa- in the face for a guy who had been loyal and been there well over a decade. What happens? Brian Smetzer takes him to the MLS Cup final right before the final, which he won right before the final is when they took the interim tag away. So you're right. Brian Smetzer, who they knew, had to get the team all the way to the MLS Cup final, and then they said, okay, you can have the job. You're right. Dominic may have to do the same thing, but to me, I think he's already proven that he deserves a long look. Well, I mean, okay, so so to counter a couple of things, one, you talked about the core coming back. I, I certainly know that Dave Romney is in a contract year, so he'll be looking to uh, you know, probably up his contract, and whether or not the LA Galaxy can match what he needs after the two seasons that he's had back-to-back is going to be an interesting conundrum, because I certainly think that if Dave Romney chooses to want to go somewhere else, that he'll have opportunities somewhere else, and people who will certainly want to start him, Kevin. Uh, I, will, I will counter with this. You have talked about you know, traditionally, that's how it worked in MLS. But traditionally, this is how it works around the world. Granted, not to the same extent as MLS, because MLS is so restrictive in spending that whenever you do spend a lot of money on big-name designated players, uh, that you need them to perform, and therefore they will play, and you will try to force them into working. Um, but at the same time, that's how it goes around the world. Whenever you have a guy who makes umpteen millions of dollars um, throughout the year, they, they're going to play him and they're going to push him. Now, maybe not to the same extent, obviously, because in MLS, with the re- well, again, with the restrictive nature of the salaries, you're stuck with guys for longer. You're stuck with somebody like Giovanni Dos Santos, who you're going to pay $6.5 million next year and probably $6 million this year uh, to basically not be available at all for your club. You're stuck with guys who are underperformers like Jorgen Shelvik, who you paid a million dollars. Guess what? He has a contract for next year. You're going to pay him a million dollars again next year, Kevin. Um, and so these things are are sort of inherent with MLS. They may be a little bit bigger of an issue in Major League Soccer than they are around the world because of the salary cap, because of the international player restrictions, because of all these things. But this is not something that is just, you know, a, a, an MLS problem. 
Um, and, it's, and it certainly isn't. And listen, I think you're, you're right. In a perfect world, it's not based upon how much money you make. It's based upon how well you do and how well you perform. But the guys who perform well end up getting paid more money. Uh, and then as they get paid more money, there's always the underperformers and overperformers and everything else. But I'm telling you right now, if Dominic Kinnear comes back next year, his starting lineup for next year includes Giovanni Dos Santos on it, as long as Gio's still with the team. And he's going to have to play Gio, and he's going to have to try to figure out, like Siggy Schmidt did, a way to get Giovanni Dos Santos, the highest paid player on the LA Galaxy, to perform. Well, I don't know about all that crap you said at the end, but the part where you apologize, I accept your apology, and I agree with you that I'm <laughs> 100% correct. But there's another guy who's not super highly paid, but pretty well paid. Zlatan Ibrahimovic gets $1.5 million this year. Here's the thing with him. He is the 800-pound gorilla in, in, in the dressing room. And everyone says he's a great guy and, and he doesn't throw his weight around. But still, everybody knows who he is, probably the third best player uh, of his generation. Everyone knows who he is. He may or may not have been. It's been a little quiet, but he appears to have been one of the people that kind of rattled the cage for Ziggy to be moved aside and, and let Dominic try to finish the season. He, see, he certainly seems to have been in favor of it since it happened. But my point is... This is the guy who's the team leader, and he has really carried the team uh, since Ziggy was let go. In there, in the you talk about the Dominic's record in the four-game unbeaten streak that they have now, he has had Ibrahimovic has had a hand in seven of the team's six goals in the last five, or yeah, six goals in the last five games. He has a second five-game goal-scoring streak of the season. Only one other player uh, in MLS history has ever done that. So. You talk about trying to get the big money guys, the big name guys to perform. Clearly, Dominic has done that with Slaton. Now, I don't know that anyone can do that with Gio, but he has done that with Slaton. Whether it was something he thought about, whether it was it was Machiavellian, whatever it was, he got the big dog to perform, and everyone has followed that lead. Without Slaton's performances, I mean, come on, you can go back and look at some of the goals he scored, some of the performances, even back earlier in the season. The, the Galaxy are not within... Uh, shouting distance of a playoff berth without Zlatan, and certainly the way he's performed down the stretch under Dom, yeah, but tells okay, me something. Okay, but he, okay, so he scored uh, 14 goals with Siggy Schmidt, um, or or roughly 14, 15 goals with Siggy Schmidt, and you're going to make the six because of Dominic Kinnear at the end. You're, you're cherry picking no, seven stats. of a team's okay, ten goals, seven in games that they have to win. Seven. These were games they couldn't lose, and he scored seven times. Seven of the ten goals, what, uh, either scored or assisted by you, Zlatan. You do not get to give Dominic Kinnear the applause for Zlatan Ibrahimovic after he has scored 22 goals this season and has 10 assists. Dominic Kinnear does get what Dominic Kinnear gets, which by the way he should get, is that he has organized the LA Galaxy's defense behind Zlatan. He has fixed the midfield behind Zlatan, and then he has gotten all that those parts and pieces to work with Zlatan Ibrahimovic. But you don't just get to say, oh, well, Dominic Kinnear gets to take credit for Zlatan scoring. Zlatan has been scoring the entire season. The things that have been fixed are the defense and the midfield. And that's great for Dominic Kinnear. And that's one of the reasons that you might want to say him. But one of the reasons you might not want to keep him is this may just be a bump, Kevin. This may be the bump and the reaction that the Galaxy were hoping to get whenever they did move Siggy Schmidt. This could be the reaction to everything. And certainly, I think, for a team as, as big as the LA Galaxy, going to Dominic Kinnear as the total answer for next season would be, I think, a little underwhelming for most LA Galaxy fans. And that's that's sort of assuming that the Galaxy can get into the playoffs um, and that the Galaxy can, once they're in the playoffs, maybe do a little bit of damage. 
Um, but I think it's a real leap of faith to think that Dominic Kinnear can manage this team with all of the issues, and say, there are going to be so many issues next year in terms of salary cap and everything else that is sort of coming down because of guys like Shelvick, uh, because of guys like Zlatan Ibrahimovic, because of guys like Ola Kamara um, and Roman Alessandrini and Giovanni Dos Santos and Jonathan Dos Santos trying to manage all of those guys, high-paid salary guys next year, um, and fit all that into a salary cap is is putting a a lot of faith in Dominic Kinnear, who is, I think, managing right now like there are no consequences to any of his actions, and and that's probably a good way to be playing it right now too. I don't. That's not a knock on Dom, and none of this is a knock on Dom. I think Dominic Kinnear is is a really good coach, Kevin. But he's the third winningest manager in MLS history. Yeah, and the LA Galaxy have had the winningest manager in MLS history and the second winningest manager in MLS history. Um, I think the Siggy Schmidt. Uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, coaching tenure. I think that the LA Galaxy handcuffed him enough to make sure that he wasn't effective whatsoever. Um, and I don't, and I think right now that there isn't much handcuffing going on with Dominic Kinnear because he's not going to be there uh, for very much longer. And so there's no, there's no real need to sort of put the reins on him. I think Dom well, is, is managing in the perfect scenario to get the results. And that's awesome for the LA Galaxy because it fits with what they need to do right now. Well, a couple of things. This will be the the third managerial hire that Chris Klein will make in less than two years. He didn't get the first two right. And we know he didn't get the first two right because he fired the guys, both of them, Kurt Anafo and Ziggy Schmidt, before they finished the full season. Didn't even give him a full season. So he's got to get this one right. There is no uh, uh, mulligan on this one. He's got to get this right. And you talk about the salary cap. My understanding is I believe that the that Galaxy may have already popped the salary cap for next year, they're going to definitely have to make some moves. And one of the moves they're going to make, and he hinted about this after the game on Sunday, is with Salatan. He talked about whether or not he's coming back next year. Once again, this is the third or fourth time in the last month that he's done it. He really left the door open for him to possibly walk. We know that AC Milan is talking to him about a winner trans- or winner loan. So is Real Madrid. Manchester United. A lot United. of clubs in Europe are yeah. talking to him. Yep. But um, he, he said at the end, he said, We'll see what happens. The thing I I know, and this is a lot done talking, he says the thing I know is it takes two to tango. What he means is, other than using a really weak cliche, which generally he doesn't he doesn't stoop to that level, but what he means is, hey, I'm ready to talk, but there's no one on the other side that wants to talk to me. Yeah, let me give you the exact quote. Uh, somebody asked him on uh, on his plans for next season, and he says, you want you want to see me next season here in Minnesota or with the Galaxy? Do you have a D- DP spot for me or no? Because the Galaxy don't have it. Oh, I'm joking. Let's see. We have another game, and hopefully we can make it through the playoffs. I'm not focused on next season. This isn't the moment to focus on that, and we have to see what happens. How do you say to dance tango it takes two parts? So we will see what happens. I thought the whole, because the Galaxy don't have a DP spot for me, uh, little slight little slam there, Kevin, is very indicative of what Zlatan Ibrahimovic thinks he deserves right now for the LA Galaxy. And by the way, he's 120 million percent. Is that an actual percentage? It is now. 120 million percent correct. He deserves to be a designated player on this team. He deserves to be taking all the money that Giovanni Dos Santos is making. So if you want to somehow move Giovanni Dos Santos, and I think the Galaxy will try to do that, although they have to be committed to do it, if they want to keep and save Zlatan Ibrahimovic, because uh, as you and I, Kevin, were told, Zlatan Ibrahimovic has a contract for next year. Um, whether or not that means anything, it certainly doesn't seem like it means anything. Uh, and, and it seems that Zlatan Ibrahimovic is, at least in that quote there, if we can read between the lines, looking at possibly um, wanting to become a designated player for the LA Galaxy, which, again, he would deserve to be. Well, I think he, if this had happened a couple months ago, I think the outcome would be different. 
I think Zlatan is having a lot of fun now. Obviously, he's playing well and he's dominating games. I think he's enjoying himself. The team is approaching the playoffs or making this miraculous comeback. I think he's having a good time. I don't think he was having a good time over the summer when the team was not winning. So um, he's in a good mood right now. As, and if someone approached him about coming back, I think he'd, he'd listen to that. But the other thing is I don't think either he, his agent, nor the Galaxy really expected that he would play to this uh, level. And now MLS is not some of the top leagues in Europe that he's played in before. And I'm not suggesting he's going to go back and play 90 minutes every week for Manchester United again. But I do think he has proven to be useful and uh, some opportunities are going to open in Europe. I don't think the Galaxy cons- thought that that was possible. I don't think Zlatan did. So they definitely are going to have to come up from that $1.5 million. Um, I don't think Zlatan's in it for the money, but I do think he's in it for the respect. And and I, I, I think that he's going to want to do a little bit better than that. The other thing with the contract, that's really interesting to me because, yes, he is signed. But if he decides he's just going to walk away and play for AC Milan – I, I don't know what the Galaxy's options are. I mean, I, I know that there's like a world soccer un, uh, you know, union. There are rules. You can't just poach a guy from another team. But the Galaxy would probably have to – or MLS because of the single entity uh, setup with the league. MLS would probably have to sue. I don't know that they could go against uh, you know, the financial resources of an AC Milan or a Real Madrid. Uh, and would they really want to do that? I mean, I, at some point, does Don Garber step in and say, look – this looks really bad. We're hoping to get Cristiano Ronaldo in a couple of years. And the publicity from this looks re- we look really heavy-handed. Let's just let him go. Yeah, I-, I could see that happening just because the league is thinking about the next guy. They're not thinking about this guy. No, no, you're absolutely right. I think that if Zlatan wants to go, you have to let him go. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't make a deal with somebody, especially before a player under contract. It doesn't mean that you don't say, hey, AC Milan, then you owe us $3 million, and you know, and AC Milan has to pay. I, I think the link to-, to Real Madrid is interesting, and we'll-, we'll dive a little bit into that. And I still want to get back to the game, by the way. There's some guys who need highlighted for how well they played um, and a whole bunch of things. But with Zlatan... Jonathan, Jonathan. Jonathan Dos Santos, Sebastian Legette as well, but we'll get there. Um, Do you know Jonathan is Gio's brother? That's what I heard. (laughs) Somebody told me that. How did you... How did you... Did you dig that one up uh, through your... I was just looking at it. I I go, wow, those guys are related. (laughs) I mean, the names were kind of like, you know, I wonder. But... And they're related. It's amazing. That's amazing. It is good. Uh, But Zlatan Ibrahimovic linked with a move to Real Madrid. Um, This was from... It's not from an ESPN FC report. It's from a Spanish radio station in Spain. Um, the largest radio uh, uh, chain in Spain, apparently. Yeah. Very, a very good source. Yeah, so ESPN FC uh, went with that, which also gives you a little sort of insight into whether or not you think there's any truth behind it. I think there is truth behind it. I think they would like to have Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, I literally wrote down, Kevin, by the way, almost exactly what you said, which is, uh, you know, if you play well, people are going to want you. Zlatan is playing well. People want him. Um, so it that's it sort of drives all these things. So Spanish radio station uh, Cadena Cope reports that Ibrahimovic could be the surprise candidate to provide a short-term fix to those issues and that the 37-year-old forward is also keen on making the move to the Santiago Bernbao. Uh, Cope points out that Real Madrid president uh, Perez made a similar move in January 2011 when he signed uh, Adebayor on loan from Manchester City. So uh, there isn't without precedent there, and so it would be interesting to see if this is a loan deal, kind of like AC Milan. And Zlatan says that he's not going on loan, by the way. He's not going to do it, Kevin. He's not going on loan, but he's also not thinking about it, but he's not going to go on loan. Um, So I think this is some positioning from Zlatan Ibrahimovic. It just feels like positioning. It feels like he's trying to force the LA Galaxy to make a move, and if you're the LA Galaxy, 
what move could you possibly make? But to get rid of the biggest uh, white elephant in the room, right, is the is the $6 million you're paying Giovanni Dos Santos. But we also know that there are rumors out there right now, Kevin, that Roman Alessandrini would be probably welcomed in Montreal. So there's there's ways to make this happen. I mean, if you move Roman Alessandrini, which is a horrible idea, but if you move Roman Alessandrini, who now has 24 goals and 19 assists with the Galaxy since he joined the team, uh, this was a player, Roman Alessandrini, who almost was passed on by the current LA Galaxy administration. Um, and so glad that probably everybody's pretty glad that uh, they didn't pass on him now with his success, that he's had 10 goals on the season this year, um, which he got his 10th goal, uh, as we talked about in that last game. But... Looking at all these things, I mean, there are ways for the LA Galaxy to move pieces to get Zlatan Ibrahimovic a designated player role. It's just whether or not you want to move those pieces and how 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 easily you can move those pieces. Well, I you know, going back to the Zlatan thing, I think it's really interesting what he has done by he said, I'm not going on loan. And what he said is I'm 37 now. I need to take care of my body. I can't play 12 months out of the year. When the season's over with, I need to rest. Uh, that to me is a signal to the Galaxy, look, I'm interested in coming back. I'm going to rest. I'm not going to go off and, and try out for AC Milan or Real Madrid. I'm interested in coming back. Um, because if he doesn't take a winner loan, I mean, then he has to then he has to move to finish the season somewhere else. He uh, There's only five months left in the season, you know, by by the 1st of January, the next transfer window. So I, I think he's, he's telling the Galaxy he's very interested in coming back or at least open to it. Um, he's not banging the drum to get out of here. So... Um, you know, again, the ball is, is in the Galaxy's court, but they have made some really bad personnel decisions. Uh, yes. You know, Gio Dos Santos being one, Michael Ciani. It's well, time for them to get this right. They can't keep doing this. And and this is a, a very important, again, hiring the manager is really important, but how do you handle the Gio, Roman, uh, Ibra sort of troika? Because if you bring two of those back, you better bring the right two back. Yeah, you, you have to. I mean, you were talking about bad decisions, and I went to uh, Shelvick, uh, as you said, uh, Michael Ciani, um, you know, and then I found, I saw a name way down at the bottom of my roster that I had almost forgotten about. Joao Pedro's out on loan uh, as well, and and you'd have to say that Joao Pedro was a miss by the LA Galaxy as well. I haven't even heard his name mentioned in weeks, Kevin. Weeks, and usually there's at least a joke or two floating around, uh, but nothing. So Joao Pedro, remember, is still part of the LA Galaxy just on loan right now. Um, no, they have to get all this stuff right, and it's going to be, if they don't get it right, listen, the, the 2018 season, as it stands right now, Kevin, has taken them a successful step forward, and whether or not it's successful because of and only because of Zlatan Ibrahimovic, you can certainly make that argument, but I'll say that the LA Galaxy have played some very good soccer in these last five games, and that that should probably be seen as a positive step for the LA Galaxy in going forward. But what happens next year? Because there is a reset. Uh, you talked about Ashley Cole. Um, you know, you talk about possibly you could possibly lose Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Are you prepared to do that? Um, you know, where, where are you placing, placing your faith in guys like Shelvick? Uh, so there's all these things that you have to sort of put together for the 2019 season and 2019 could easily be a step backwards, especially as you get a new administration in, um, a new head coach, uh, possibly a new general manager. If you do those things and them trying to to find their feet and sort of hit their stride with this team, are they going to be able to build on the quote-unquote successes of 2018? Because it certainly was better than 2017. I've, I've looked at all the stats. It's better. Um, so 2018, you know, is is the stepping stone that should see the LA Galaxy competing for an MLS Cup next year. Because if you make the playoffs this year, then you really, if you're continuing to get better, then you have to look at 2019 as an MLS Cup year. 
Um, doing all that and trying to put all these pieces together is going to be ridiculously difficult, especially trying to change things. Well, let me ask a question to the fans because you and I are up in our media ivory tower above it all. Yes. But from the fans' perspective, I'm trying to look at this from the fans' perspective, and I see the Galaxy saying twice, first of all, hey, Kurt and Awful, this is the guy. He's going to lead us to the future. We you know, beat every bush and turned over every rock all over the world. We interviewed every manager candidate. This is the guy. Uh, they let him go after 20 games. They bring in Ziggy Schmidt, winningest coach in MLS history in the regular season anyways. This is the guy. He We made a mistake with with the other guy. We uh, What was his name? Kurt? We had something. We made a mistake with him. So now we got Ziggy. This is going to lead us to the promised land. He doesn't last a full season. But the one guy through all that turmoil that really produces is Slaton. And he is, you know, you can pick whatever verbiage you want and, and credit whoever you want. But the fact of the matter is he is carrying this team on his back, to the, possibly to the playoffs, certainly to the edge of the playoffs. Now, if he doesn't come back next year, as fans – what, what kind of faith do you then have in the team and, and, and in the front office to get these decisions right? And I'm not saying that it's easy to bring him back. I think it's going to be really difficult. But if they don't make it happen after this guy has proven his value on the top of two coaching changes on two diametrically uh, different ways of leading the team, going with youth and coming back with veterans, if they don't bring Slotan back on top of all this other stuff, how much faith do the do the fans have in the team, and 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 how much loyalty do they have, and do they plunk down some more hard-earned cash for season Ooh. tickets next year? Ooh, ooh, good question. No, it's a great question. And of course, if you want to hit us up, uh, corner of the galaxy at gmail.com, uh, at Galaxy Podcast on Twitter. Uh, either of those ways, you can hit us up and, and and do that. I want to go back and touch on this game and hit some of these guys who definitely deserve to be called out for their yeah, outstanding play. Yeah, you keep saying play. you're going to do that. You I'm, should do that. I'm doing it now. Uh, okay. Jonathan Dos Santos had a very, very good game for the LA Galaxy. Made probably the best run I've seen Jonathan Dos Santos ever make in a Galaxy uniform. Ran straight, straight down the field with the ball. Exploited Minnesota space. Uh, the play eventually broke down, but it wasn't because of Jonathan Dos Santos. He was good defensively. He was good offensively. Again, his ability to turn. And if you're Houston looking at this game on Sunday, you're saying you cannot allow Jonathan Dos Santos time in the center of the midfield. You cannot allow him to combine with Sebastian Legette, who, by the way, Sebastian Legette had maybe the one, of the, definitely the best game of the season that I've seen him play for the Galaxy. Defensively, and his ability to anticipate and break up plays, he was outstanding. Ima Boateng, you're going to say, you got to be kidding. Uh, Ima Boateng functioned defensively in this game, which I didn't think was possible, Kevin. Uh, I didn't think it was possible to see Imo Boateng be a defensive player. He was a defensive player, got in the way of multiple shots, came back, tracked back, was able to get his head on the ball, which is always funny because he's like three feet tall. Uh, Imo Boateng was great, and then he was used semi-effectively as a relief valve towards the end of the game, which was, hey, put this into space, let Imo run onto it, and let him sort of absorb and, and take away some of the pressure on the defense. So all that being said, Ashley Cole, I thought, had a good game. Daniel Starris had the best game of any defender in this particular uh, group. Uh, I think Rolf Felcher had a good first half and certainly put in a good cross to, uh, to Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, Ashley Cole, with his ninth assist of the season, Kevin, he leads all MLS defenders in that. Um, we talked about Zlatan Ibrahimovic scoring goal number 22, now sits alone all by himself. 22 goals scored for the single-season scoring record for the LA Galaxy, just behind two goals behind Carlos Ruiz, so he's in second. Ruiz is number one. Uh, he passed Hurtado, who had 21 goals. Uh, you looked at that. You had Roman Alessandrini uh, gets goal number 11 on the year. 
Kevin. He has had, a, I think, a very good year after not playing a whole bunch of minutes earlier because of injury. Um, so he's been great. And then Ola Kamara gets goal number 12 on the season. Ka-ching, ka-ching. I was going to say, I, this is something I, I brought up to you that I said a very smart LA Times reporter that I know um, reported that if Ola Kamara, this was part of the trade deal. Remember, the LA Galaxy sent $400,000 in allocation money and Giassi's artist to the Columbus crew for Ola Kamara. Uh, however, there was a stipulation in there that this smart LA Times reporter that I know wrote in there, and he said that if Ola Kamara got 12 goals or more, that the LA Galaxy would have to pay an additional $100,000 in allocation money to the Columbus crew. So with Ola Kamara's 12th goal of the season, the LA Galaxy now need to send a check for $100,000 in allocation money to the Columbus crew. And who, the Col- who, who was that writer you were talking about? It was you. It, no, it, you said smart. That's what threw me <laughs> off. <laughs> you didn't think it was you. But, and that, that's money the Galaxy, frankly, cannot afford to pay right now. As we talked, they're kind of upside down on the salary cap, and they're using allocation money uh, all over the place, Zlatan and others. Um, that's, uh, it sounds like a little bit of money and it's not, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's not going to end the franchise, but it's, it's uh, a luxury they probably can't afford to pay right now. They're probably looking at reviewing the tape to see if that bounced off Dave Romney's <laughs> boot before it went I'm, in. I'm sure it did. It skipped something. It definitely, it hits lots on again. Uh, the final I think ta- it was an own goal. <laughs> a final tally of the trade there is then 500,000 in allocation money for Gia and Giassi's artist for Ola Kamara is what the final tally is in that particular deal. Just so you can keep track of that at home, as I know. It, you know, you always hear about, like, players to be named later and stuff like that, Kevin. It's always fun when something that is a stipulation of a contract, like, actually comes to fruition and you can talk about it. Um, so that's, I, I think that's very interesting. And, and by the way, uh, I put this out on Twitter and I told everybody that Ola Kamara basically cost the LA galaxy a hundred thousand and Tam and everybody was like, well worth every penny. Um, you know, Ola Kamara. And by the way, Ola Kamara was second on my MVP list. Was he second on your list too? He was. Yeah. So you and I both had him second in MVP voting. And there was a reason for that is because the work that he has done around Zlatan Ibrahimovic has been nothing short of uh, amazing this year. It, the work rate, uh, his ability to adjust his position and be part of the team still because this is a guy who was brought in Kevin as a number nine striker who is not playing the number nine striker role and hasn't since Laton Ibrahimovic stepped on the field he, very unselfish and he has done a number of different things I mean he's a definitely a guy that and, and with what he's accomplished in MLS granted Zlatan's accomplished a lot all over the world but this is Ola's league. He could have easily stood up at some point and said, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not I'm not going to run around and, and fill all these different holes you guys want me to fill. He tried to do this. He tried to do that. Never said a word, just at least publicly. Went out and worked hard, and it's paying off for him now. This is the a formation that he's very comfortable with. But I was very impressed with, at you know, when Zlatan first came, you might remember when they were trying to find a role for Ola. He was defending. He was playing Goal line to goal line, forget box to box. He was playing goal line to goal line. He was doing all kinds of different stuff. Um, and I'm glad they finally found a place where he can be productive because just the unselfishness makes him worth every penny, I think. Yeah, and it's worth noting that uh, he did sign a two-year contract extension plus another year option. Uh, we reported that on April 7th, or at least we confirmed it on April 7th. ESPN, I think, had the original story on it. Uh, that that contract extension for Ola Kamara uh, pays him, uh, I think, $925,000 in guaranteed money for the LA Galaxy. So you're talking about, again, high-paid, pi- high high-priced players and what the LA Galaxy Galaxy have to do in terms of the salary cap next year. This is one of those that Ola Kamara certainly is costing the LA Galaxy a lot of money. I think it's worth it. 
Um, and certainly his production with the 11 goals is, is huge. Um, so you look at that and you sort of have to balance all this. But Ola Kamara's price tag is, is expensive for the LA Galaxy. He's not a cheap player. And that's something I think it's important to remember as we look through all these things. Um, but he could have made it really difficult, I think, oh, for the Galaxy. If oh, absolutely. He would have pouted, if he would have pouted and said, this is not what I was brought in to do, I'm going to hold my breath uh, till I turn blue and I'm going to pretend to be injured. That's a tactic that's been tried by others in the locker room, you might you might note. Um, but he didn't do any of that. No, no, he didn't. Uh, let's get back to Zlatan because there's you can never talk about Zlatan too much. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic today was announced as the league's top seller of jerseys. Uh, that's right. Number one over uh, Carlos Vela, number two. He's, he scores goals. He passes out assists. He sells jerseys. He, sells, he, does, he does everything. Sports center. He does everything. There is there nothing that Zlatan Ibrahimovic can't do. Uh, so just, just over Carlos Vela. So you have the top two guys, both in the LA market. I think that's really interesting. Uh, you had two Atlanta United, uh, players at number three and number five, Joseph Martinez, number three, uh, Miguel Amaron, number five, uh, sitting there and Wayne Rooney who joined the club at the end of June is sitting in fourth place. Um, so he has sold in the short amount of time he has been in the league enough jerseys to make him the number four overall uh, pick there uh, in the top selling of jerseys. So the top five is right there. Now, the really interesting thing here, Kevin, is that Zlatan Ibrahimovic was not the only LA Galaxy player to make the top 25 in the list that MLS Oh, no, put he out. wasn't. And, and I, I do not know how, and I don't know why. I mean, I get it, but I also don't get it. and doesn't make a lot of sense. But actually fairly high up on this list. Number 14, Giovanni Dos Santos is the 14th best-selling jersey on MLSstore.com. And by the way, I should... You know why? Well, I, because you can get game-used ones, and they're not dirty. They're not dirty. They're brand new. Um, that's a good one. I like that. Uh, I should note that all these numbers are not necessarily from the LA Galaxy store. So the LA Galaxy store, as a matter of fact, the one at StubHub Center probably pays no attention to this whatsoever. In fact, it doesn't even figure into these numbers. These numbers are simply from MLSstore.com. Yeah, they're not selling a lot of Vela jerseys at StubHub Center. Exactly, but I just want to say that like, just because you bought a, a jersey at StubHub Center doesn't necessarily mean it even went to this. And the bottom line is, Kevin, and it annoys me to no end, is that MLS didn't release any numbers with this. So we have no idea how many... I mean, Zlatan Ibrahimovic could have sold seven jerseys, and Carlos Vela could have, could have sold six jerseys. I have no idea yeah. how to it, sort of do this. You need the context. You really need the context. Yeah, you need something. And and even with the LA Galaxy, we I think we had in the story earlier this year, right after Zlatan Ibrahimovic has showed up, uh, we talked to somebody at the store at StubHub Center, and they said they'd already sold over a thousand uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic number uh, kits. And and basically, you look at that now, and we're trying to get updated numbers, and nobody wants to tell us any updated numbers. I mean, it just it, there's there's things to be secret about Kevin, and there's things not to be secret. Tell me that Zlatan Ibrahimovic has sold fifteen thousand jerseys, and tell me that you know eight thousand of those came from overseas, which means the MLS's reach across you know the globe is increasing and at least just give me some context for this stuff i it's probably a thing that nobody else cares about but if you're going to report something report something that means something because this right now with no numbers doesn't really mean anything to me i don't know it's so yeah it's off. like it's like the joseph martinez leads the league in scoring okay how many goals does he have oh we can't tell you that yes. but he has more than anybody else well what's who's in second place we can't tell you that i mean Either tell give, give us all the information or no, don't give us any because a partial uh, release doesn't do us any good. Ugh, drives me crazy. 
just one well, of the welcome many. Welcome to the MLS. Uh, I mean, it's more secretive than the CIA. It is. They do a better job of keeping their secrets than the CIA sometimes as well. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that I missed in terms of the game that I really wanted to talk about, but I think we got it. I talked I about. I think you named everybody. They everybody kind of there was some. It was one of those games where it was hard to sort of find somebody who had a bad game. I mean, I don't think there was anybody. There was nobody who had a bad game. Uh, they did talk a little bit about the injury to David Bingham. Uh, Bingham got kicked in the knee. Apparently, got some cleat marks in it, and so if you notice there. Uh, Kevin, at the end of the game or in the second half of that game, uh, David Bingham was no longer taking goal kicks. Uh, it was, I think Dave Romney was taking some and Daniel Starris may have been taking some, but it, it reminded me of my old ASO days back in the day when the, when the goalkeeper wasn't that good and couldn't take a kick and they'd have one of the defenders take it. Uh, so a little bit different there. And, and certainly, uh, certainly I think that David Bingham seems like he's going to be okay. He certainly toughed it out. Uh, but it, that'll be sort of the interesting thing to watch as you get closer to this October 28th game, the Sunday game, uh, against Houston Dynamo. And that game, Kevin, we should point out kicks off at 1:30 PM and people are saying, I, I think that that might be kicking off at the same time as uh, the Rams um, or around the same time as when the Rams are playing. So they'll basically be playing up against the Rams in that window. And people were saying, you should move the game. There's no moving any games the last day of the year. Um, the last day of the Although year. Although only, the only other team that cares about this game, their season's done. So it is true. in this case, it probably would be one that you could get away with. It probably would be. But as is, uh, MLS has decided decision day as it happens, you saw last Sunday, Kevin, all the Eastern Conference games kicked off at 12 p.m. and all the Western Conference game kicked off at 2 p.m. Cr- technically way well, after. 225. Yeah, I was going to say technically way after that. But they all kick off at the same time. On decision day, you're going to have 11 games played. 22 total teams are in playing. Uh, remember, with an odd number of teams in Major League Soccer at 23, uh, that means that the L- that means that uh, there's always one team that's not playing. And this last weekend, it was New England who wasn't playing. And this weekend, it is RSL whose season is over. Uh, RSL has no more games to play, uh, and now they're just waiting to see if the LA Galaxy beat Houston, then RSL will go to the playoffs. And if the R- and if the LA Galaxy do anything but win against Houston, then RSL will go to the playoffs. Um, so it's, it's really is that simple and that's how you're looking at, but all the games will quote unquote kick off at 1:30 PM Pacific time. That's 11 matches all going at the same time. And they do this supposedly so that way you don't know what the results are and that if there were any really close games or really co- close races there, Kevin, you couldn't uh, see how another team did and then decide to play a different way. It's, it's everybody plays at the same time. So there's technically no quote unquote advantage for any Couple other team. A couple of interesting things. We all saw Lake's going to be sitting home. They got to train all week, not knowing their future. And then they're, they're all going to uh, watch the Galaxy game, and there's nothing they can do uh, to change their fate. And, you know, you kind of feel a little empathy for them. But they've only won once in their last six tries. They had this thing wrapped up. The Galaxy made a valiant charge, and the Galaxy kept the blinders on, and, uh, you know, it was kind of an insurmountable hill they had to climb. But they kept going. All credit to the Galaxy. But I'm just saying that Real Salt Lake certainly helped the Galaxy. One win in their last six games. I, I know you love the the 538 website, Nate Silver's website. Yep. Um, he, uh, after the Galaxy lost that game to Toronto, the one you're talking about, uh, which was Dom's first game as coach, uh, the odds that uh, 538 put out was that Salt, Real Salt Lake had an 83% chance of making the playoffs. I think the Galaxy at that point were 8%. Yeah. Um, when the Galaxy are going to wake up tomorrow morning, Tuesday, or when they woke up Monday, it didn't matter. It's not going to change. The Galaxy now are at 58%, and Real Salt Lake is at 44%. Now, granted, for the Galaxy, that's basically a coin flip, 50-50. But 
That's a lot better than 8%, which is where it was four games ago. Yeah, this is the first time that the LA Galaxy have actually been favored over Real Salt Lake in terms of uh, how that comes down. Yeah, I think it says 56%, by the way. I don't want you to get in trouble. 56% to 44%. See how it equals I, 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah that, it's tiny. That comes to 100. I can see that. Yeah. And, and it wasn't 8%. It was 9%. There you just, go. Yeah, to be honest. And that's where you sort of see everything. Montreal has a 9% chance of making the playoffs. Now, basically everything in the Western Conference, and as we've looked at you know, all of these standings and, and where everything stands right now, everything in the Western Conference has been decided. You've either been eliminated from the playoffs or you have secured your spot in the playoffs outside of two teams, Real Salt Lake and the LA Galaxy. Anybody else has either already made it in the playoffs, that's Sporting Kansas City, LAFC, FC Dallas, Seattle Sounders, and the Portland Timbers, or been eliminated Vancouver Whitecaps, Minnesota United, Houston Dynamo, Colorado Rapids, and the San Jose Earthquakes. And we should mention that the San Jose Earthquakes did in fact win something over the weekend, Kevin. It certainly wasn't a game, uh, but the San Jose Earthquakes uh, did win the wooden spoon. The wooden spoon that is sitting here in my office will now go back to the supporters groups here at the LA Galaxy, who will then take it and eventually transfer that over to the San Jose Earthquakes supporters groups. That way they can have the wooden spoon for next season. But San Jose, I can I can absolutely definitively say, has clinched the wooden spoon for the 2018 season. So, well, let's let's take just a second to look at some of the scenario. You, you know, you mentioned everything is done except sixth place. It is. We know who's in and who's not. But right. for example, at the top of the conference right now, Sporting Kansas City leads. They're a point ahead of the Galaxy, or a point ahead of LAFC. And then uh, LAFC is tied on points with FC Dallas, but holds a big lead in, in goal differential. Seattle is right behind them. The top four teams, uh, it, it's still up for grabs. LAFC, for example, could finish atop the conference. They could finish fourth. Uh, Seattle could finish second. I don't think Seattle could win it, but Seattle could finish second. Um, FC Dallas could still win. Everything's up for grabs. But what that means, and just to cut to the chase, is if the Galaxy get by uh, Real Salt Lake, and the only way, again, everybody knows this by now, but the only way the Galaxy makes the playoffs is if they win. Because of the tiebreaker being wins, they could match Real Salt Lake on points with a draw. They would beat Real Salt Lake in goal differential by a large margin with a draw, that's not the first tiebreaker. The first tiebreaker is victories. And if the Galaxy do not win, then they fail the tiebreaker and Real Salt Lake would go to the playoffs. So the Galaxy must win. Now, if they do and they get sixth place, there is a very real possibility. And I will call Nate Silver and ask him to do a, 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 a you know, take a look at this and see what 538 says. But there's a very real possibility that the first playoff game in the knockout round will be October 31st, Galaxy at LAFC on Halloween night, the same day as the seventh game of the World Series. Oh, that would be pretty interesting. <laughs> it would be more than more than interesting. I'll give you the uh, the dates for the knockout round. Let's just put the the horse before the cart. Um, oh, wait, I love when wait, you do those. No, cliches. wait a minute. No, it's the cart before the horse, right? Because you can't put the cart before the horse. That's how. That's that. Well, that, yeah, that's kind of how you back it up. That's it's, that. Okay. I, was, you, I know you put them on. You put your pants on one leg at a time. Yes. Yes, I, absolutely. Take it one day at a time, one game at a time, God willing. Exactly, exactly. Yep. Don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah, I was exactly. Uh, but if we go through this and we look at when uh, the MLS uh, knockout round would be, there are two choices for this. Uh, Wednesday, October 31st is the first. There will be two games played, whether or not those are both Western Conference, whether both, those are both Eastern Conference, or whether it is a combination of the two. There will be two games played on Wednesday, October 31st. There's also the possibility, or there's also the chance to 
play on Thursday, November 1st. So it would go Wednesday or Thursday. So if the LA Galaxy win against Houston, they would then go to a knockout round and they would have to travel to wherever that is. And it could be anywhere. It could be Dallas. Uh, it could be at LAFC, which is a short traveling distance. Uh, it could be to Sporting Kansas City. It could be to Seattle. It could be to a whole bunch of different places. We don't know yet because we don't know how it's all going to sort of uh, ferret itself out. But if you look at this, they'll be playing either on Wednesday or Thursday if they did get away from um, the uh, the Houston Dynamo with a win at home on Sunday, October 28th. So that is when you're looking at it. Then it would go into the conference semifinals where the Galaxy would get a chance to actually host a home game either on, I, I think actually both of the games are two games each, um, four games total. There it is. Four games total on Sunday, November 4th, and then four games total again on Sunday, November 11th. The first leg would be hosted at home for the LA Galaxy. The second leg would be away for the LA Galaxy on Sunday, November 11th, if they were to get that far. So the Galaxy... Well, couple, yeah. Go, go ahead. I was just going to say a couple of things about that schedule. So the, if, first of all, keeping the, the cart before the horse, which yes. makes really uncomfortable for the horse. Yes. Um, if the Galaxy get by this next game, and, and we're, again, you know, uh, harping on this uh, 37-year-old surgically knee-repaired Zlatan Ibrahimovic playing 90 minutes against Houston, he'd have to come back Wednesday or Thursday in the playoff game. You can't not play him in the knockout round game. And then he'd have to play the first round of the two-leg uh, conference semifinal. So that's three games in seven, maybe eight days uh, for Zlatan after he'd played that full game on turf and came out with uh, some knee pain. That's going to be really tough, but you know what? If they if they play on Wednesday, they're playing on Halloween. If they play on Thursday, you know what that is, right? What? November first, but what, day that? of the day of the dead. Oh, so so either way, uh, it'll be a scary good time. Scary. Uh, gotcha. All right. Yeah. So that's sort of where it is. I mean, you know, I, I think it. I, listen. I mean, the dream matchup, if you're anybody here, is that the LA Galaxy play LAFC on on probably Thursday, November first. Is probably the dream matchup for everybody. Um, so I, I mean, when you look at all these things and the possibilities, it, it certainly is interesting. The Galaxy still have a ton of work to do in terms of getting by Houston, uh, but right now, 538.com has the LA Galaxy as a 64% chance to win against over Houston. Houston has a 17% chance. Of winning, and there's a draw chance of 19%. Just to sort of okay, put... wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. How can they have a 56% chance of them making the playoffs, but a 64% chance of them winning, which they need to do to make the playoffs? That makes no sense they, at all. You know what? My answer to that simply is the math, but I have no idea because I couldn't do this math. This is magic, black magic, as far as I'm concerned, and, and that's the way it's going to stay. But I, I do think. Uh, I, I think it's interesting. You, you talked a little bit about uh, about Houston and, and sort of where they sit, and we've talked about them already being eliminated from the playoffs. Well, AJ De La Garza, of course, former Gal LA Galaxy uh, uh, favorite, uh, is is back in the fold with Houston after being injured for uh, nearly a year. I think he's played the last two games uh, that they've been in. So yeah, he's played three of the last four, and he went to the distance, 90 minutes in all three of those. Yeah, so he's back in the fold, so it'll be interesting to see that. And, and Houston has only won one game all year on the road, Kevin, and it was back on May 20th at Chicago. It was a 3-2 win, uh, but they are 1-10-5 on the road this year, which just screams upset to me. It's well, you know, the other thing is the Galaxy have the worst road uh, home record, 8-8-4. Eight, eight, is that right? No, 8-4-8, eight, eight, right? 8-4-4. Eight, 8-4-4. Four, and four. Eight, four, and four. I, knew, I knew one of the numbers repeated. Um, <laughs> uh, so anyway, they have the worst road re uh, home record of any team that is a playoff, either made the playoffs or a playoff contender. Um, but they haven't lost at home since May. So uh, a lot of the indicators are, are leading the Galaxy's way, which makes me a little nervous if I'm a Galaxy fan because you have to admit, in the last month, uh, 
every time the galaxy got the result they needed to stay alive, you kind of felt like, at least I did, you kind of felt like, okay, well, one more week of this. You never really felt like the galaxy were actually going to do it. Now they're close to doing it, and every indicator is in their favor. A lot of time is on fire. They're playing at home. Uh, they're playing at the team with the worst road record, one of the, uh, probably the worst road record, one of the worst road records in the league. Um, a team that, that uh, is really struggling. They've lost 10. Of, now, I'm not talking about draws now. They've lost 10 of the last 14 Houston has. Um, that makes me worried if I'm a Galaxy fan. The other thing is uh, A.J. De La Garza, for all of the history that he uh, made in the Galaxy uniform and for he still has his home here and still loves Southern California and loves the Galaxy, I can guarantee you there is nothing better that, uh, that he would love uh, than to beat the Galaxy and knock him out of the playoffs because he's – He's pretty sore over the, the trade that happened, and I'm sure he'd really like to end their season this yeah. Sunday. Yeah, well, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, worst home, or worst away records in Major League Soccer. Uh, Houston won 10 and five. Minnesota is 113 and two, so that's worse. Uh, DC United is one nine and six. Uh, by the way, going to the playoffs, DC United won nine and six. Uh, well, they, from, and they played a lot of their home games on the road for a they, while. Yeah, it felt it, it certainly looked that way. Yeah, and it did. It felt that way for them too. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. So whenever you look at all that, so one thirteen and two. I think Minnesota has the worst home, a uh, worst away record. But uh, Houston not very far behind. And uh, even the San Jose Earthquakes have won two games on the road this year. Uh, although they only won two games at home as well. Uh, apparently, they've only beaten two teams. All year, they took two games from two different teams. I forget which one it is. I think one of them was FC Dallas, by the way, which is, you know, that sort of boggles the mind. But uh, the other one was Minnesota. I remembered it. It was Santa. That was what it was. It was Minnesota and FC Dallas. Uh, so that, Santa. That, that's an amazing stat. That's crazy. That's such a, that's such, that is, you want to talk about atrocious years. The San Jose Earthquakes have had an atrocious year. The LA Galaxy had a horrible year last year. It will not be as bad as this San Jose Earthquakes uh, team by a long shot. Um, how did how did that match end that they played uh, this last weekend? Uh, let's what, see. Yeah, did that end scoreless with yeah. Colorado. Yes, yeah, scoreless in Colorado. San Jose zero, Colorado zero. Now they actually charged admission. People paid money. You know, legal tender that can be exchanged for goods and services worldwide. They they ex, they used that. And they used it to to watch Colorado play San Jose to a scoreless draw. They did. I heard that if you walked in through the turnstile, you gave them your ticket, and they handed you five dollars. I think that's that was how it works. They were paying. It people should have been show. a free beer or something. It's, it's, it, there was definitely some there. All right, uh, the LA Galaxy will face off against the Houston Dynamo coming up on Sunday, October twenty eighth. It's a one thirty p.m. Pacific time kickoff. All the games kick off around one thirty. They'll all kick off at the same time. Uh, it is at StubHub Center, and this game is on Spectrum Sportsnet and Spectrum Deportes. And yes, Kevin, I've already checked the schedule and made sure the Lakers are not playing and they are not. Uh, they play the day before and I believe they play the day after, but they do not play on this particular 28th of October. So it looks like the, you might actually be able to watch this game on Spectrum Sportsnet this this weekend if you do choose not to go to the game, which I would expect will be one of the largest crowds at StubHub Center this year. 1.30 p.m. kickoff time, probably not the best, but I think everybody's well aware of what's on, what's in, what's on hand for the LA Galaxy, what the possibilities for the LA Galaxy are. They win and they're going to the playoffs, and then it'll be a quick turnaround for Wednesday or Thursday to see if uh, who they would play in the knockout if all goes well. But a, a tough game against Houston. I don't think anybody's counting their chickens. There's another cliche for you, counting your chickens. Oh, great. 
Uh, I don't think anybody's counting their chickens yet. Uh, and so now we'll just uh, we'll see how the LA Galaxy do on Sunday. Is there is there anything else you want to get to before we get out of here? Yeah. Why do they count the chickens? What's that all about? Uh, you don't count your chickens before they hatch. So just so because like because they might they might die. They in might they they might, they might maybe, die in childbirth. Or maybe maybe you want to eat the eggs and then you shouldn't count them as chickens because you're hungry and you want an omelet. So I mean that makes that makes some sense, right? It does. Okay. Not 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 really. Okay. Good. Glad we could do it. Anything else? You good? I'm good. Okay. Let's uh let's go ahead and get on out of here. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11. And of course, go over to latimes.com where he covers soccer in Southern California, soccer around the United States, soccer around the globe. latimes.com. Mr. Kevin Baxter is where you can find uh, all the wonderful articles uh, coming up about the Galaxy and uh, and that other team in the Southland. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jguessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can get our game previews, our recaps, all the fun news, and all of our podcasts right there. And of course, still have our October sale, $5 off a COG scarf. Just type in COG20 as your discount code. All right, for Mr. Kevin Baxter, I'm Josh Kessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody, and we will get you on Thursday. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.